0: Just in case anybody's waiting um i normally uh i normally leave this version live for i don't know a few days a week anyway and then i kind of make it um private before i uh publish the the full hd version so anyway so there'll be a few people if they don't join us live they will catch up anyway and so i'm here with go ahead sorry nasa that's great yeah so this is your host, the Zenith, uh joining you once again on another episode of the podcast of the Spirit Channel. I'm here with the lovely Bo Bissett, is it? Or Bassett?
1: Yeah, Bissett, you said it. Bissett,
0: it's absolutely like fantastic. Bo is an energy healing guide in the technique, if I can say that, of Amonai. Amone.
1: Amone?
0: Amoni? Amonet yeah. apologies. No, no, no worries, no worries. Um, and you're also an author of ammo abundance and ammo form isn't mm-hmm. that correct yes yep yeah. so very very warm welcome both to the the show hi are you keeping
1: i'm great how are you
0: yeah yeah well as i was just saying just slightly beforehand there, a little flustered but we got there in the end and yeah, exactly. I, I just kind of thought that like most people who contact me that you were based in uh, some part of the usa i had no idea that you're actually in taiwan yeah that's that that that's well that's definitely a first for me i'd love to hear more about that and i know because i've been reading so much about your life and stuff and how you kind of ended up there but just for the viewers and stuff like that so if you wouldn't mind bo you know talk about a bit about your um how you got to this stage in your life you know coming from america to Taiwan of all places uh, I'm not too sure if there's too many people can turn around and say they they know someone from Taiwan <laughs>
1: exactly yeah well, well in fact you know when I first it, when I, I first came here about 20 years ago and even like five years after I'd I'd come here and, and been here for the first time like 20 years ago my parents would still say uh, so how's Thailand I'm like no oh, <laughs> it's Taiwan not Thailand so completely different place. But um, yeah, so it's understandable if you hadn't heard of it. It's a small, small country off the coast of uh, China. And um, I would have 20 years ago, I would have been surprised or not surprised if you hadn't heard of it. But now with uh, COVID and the country's mm-hmm. uh, amazing response to the uh, pandemic, uh, it's I would be surprised if you hadn't, have not heard of uh, Taiwan. There's also so, that
0: kind of geopolitical um aspect going you know, on for anyone who kind of follows politics, you know. I think from yeah. kind of thing, there's a lot of um disagreement with with China, mainland China as well. So mm-hmm. it's quite unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, I don't know. It's strategically as you know, from from China's perspective, I mean, you can see why they would want, you know, to take Taiwan. I mean, if there was a if there was a small island off the coast of uh, you know the UK or um, definitely America, if there was a small island off the coast of America, you know, you know, pretty straight up that America would have their stamp on it. So, but I mean, Taiwan is definitely it's an independent uh, country, it's a democratic country, and they've done a you know, they've done a good job of, of establishing themselves as a free country and. Uh, it's part of the reason that I'm here. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful little island. And I first came here, like I said, 20 years ago. Uh, my, the beginning part of my life, uh, I was an angry, angry kid. And like most people, I buried my emotions, pushed them down. And they started manifesting, uh, that anger and frustration started manifesting at a young age through a lot of injuries that uh, occurred in my lower legs, uh, ankles, uh, I broke my ankle several times. And then when I was 15, about 15 and a half, 16, uh, s- snapped my knee playing football, um, America, uh, s- sorry, football, like European football or soccer in America, I've gotten used, so used to calling it, uh, football, I've been away from America for so long. <laughs> um, yeah, I snapped my knee, um, just completely lost my career playing soccer and just fell into drugs and alcohol really hard. It was a way for me to numb the pain. And that, yeah, I, I just went downhill from there. I, under, I graduated high school with decent grades. I was always a decently, you know, decent kid in school and stuff. Um, I went to school and the, after my freshman year, I got in a car accident when I was 19 years old. I was drunk driving. It was a single car accident. I veered off the road late at night uh And the first cop on the on the scene told the paramedics he called the hospital and said, "You guys take your time. This, you know, this guy's there's nobody there's nobody alive in this car."
0: Really? Wow.
1: Uh, so the car I was going about a the, co- the cop witnessed the accident. So uh, apparently I was going about 100 miles an hour and rolled off the road, flipped through through a telephone pole, and. Yeah. So anyway, they, when they found out I was alive, they airlifted me to the hospital. And apparently, I told my girlfriend's mother, an uh, ex girlfriend's mother, who showed up the, the next day to visit me, that my grandfather, my great grandfather, came and visited me and told me, he's like, go back. Like, this is not your time. You still got some work to do. And honestly, I regretted that decision for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. It was. I remember eating and I drank just to, like, I, I always hoped that I would just drink myself silly and then I just wouldn't wake up the next morning. Um, just so much, so much pain. And then two years later, I mean, I broke every bone that you could think of. I had stitches and staples and tubes coming out of me. I was in a wheelchair for months. Then two years later, I did the same thing again. So this time I was skateboarding. I was drunk. I got hit by a car. The car car kept going. Uh, I don't know if the car even knew that it hit me, but it rolled, rolled over my legs and I almost lost my right leg. I got a staph infection. Uh, again, it's a wheelchair because I broke both my legs. Just completely incapacitated uh, for another two years. And then when I graduated school, I got into, I've done a lot of cocaine in uh, university, but I got back into it after I graduated and I started making some money. And at that point, I got really deep into cocaine and I was doing it. I was using every day. And at that point I was like, you know, I've crushed my family twice through these two drinking accidents. And now like, am I really going to tell them that I'm, I can't get off cocaine. So I packed up everything. I like, I gave everything away. I left my car at my brother's house in Baltimore, uh, Maryland and handed him the keys and I was like, it's all yours, man. Do whatever you want with it. And I just left. And I went to Europe and I ended up uh, hanging out. I met a friend of mine in London and then traveled around Europe for a bit and ended up in the Czech Republic to take a, uh, English teaching course. And from there I met a guy in the course who kind of needed to get a job pretty quickly. So I was like, I'll take, you know, I'll take care of you until we get settled. You pick a place. I was like, I'm, I'm kind of up for anything right now. I really don't care. And when, he
0: found taiwan and that's how we ended up here amazing amazing story it's um one of obviously a lot of trauma and a lot of hurt and stuff like that and i guess uh, there was something i was going to ask you there i guess um it, you were kind of this you were looking for something in life you were looking for something but you just couldn't find it and you were just unhappy with everything i think like most people who go through something else and End up like yourself, being a teacher or some sort of a healer or something like that. I guess we're, we're we're looking for something more satisfying on a deeper level that um, that our that our current life, our material needs, can't give us. And because we can't satisfy that itch, we end up trying to null the, or dumb the pain or dull the pain um i i can totally relate you know i i've had spells of alcoholism myself i've buried myself you know completely because i've just found myself completely unsatisfied with the world and you know just feeling uh, uh, like there's, there's there's nothing in it it's dull and so you take the alcohol to try and numb the pain so i can completely relate um but i also wondered, you know was there ever a sense or do you have a sense now that um what you were through, was trying to potentially send you a message, was trying to hit you over the head with, like, a plank of wood to say, Bo, wake up and, you know, and realise that there's more to life, or did you ever get a sense of that, maybe? I,
1: you know, that plank over the head was my father, and, you know, he always, he always reminded me, you know, what I was doing wrong, and, you know, to, and I, you know, I, I You know, part of the thing with the drinking was the, you know, what I was thinking at the time was like, why can't, why can't I do it? Right. I have friends who, you know, go out and drink and have a good time, but I was always the one that couldn't let go. Like I was, you know, everybody else could go home after the party was over, but I was the one that wanted the party to continue for, for on and on and on. I just like, when the alcohol got into my system, when any drug got it into my system, yeah. it was like I woke up and I was like, "Oh, I can feel," you know, "I'm, you know, I'm alive." Yeah. And I mean, I was like, it was Jack on Hyde. It was just two distinctly different personalities, and I realized, well, with the, you know, with the alcohol, I realized now that what I was doing was just Numbing myself, uh, number one, uh, but also punishing myself because the emotions that, because once you know, once I found this work and once I started clearing the emotions that were the underlying factors for me doing all the self-sabotaging, whether it's with alcohol or yeah. with uh, you know, bankrupting myself financially. Or you know, finding like you know, beautiful, caring, unbelievable woman, and then just walking right out the door, pushing my family away and my friends away, just all the micro things, decisions, thoughts, emotions that I was doing, they were they were all based on programs that I, I was running, and some of them were from you know, from from my childhood, and then I also know that I was carrying some uh, past life stuff as well, so. Um, through this through this work, I've discovered that the emo- our emotions are so so powerful. And as and as males, and well, most of us too. Like a lot of women are, you know, are taught you know the same thing. You know, push your emotions down, don't yeah. deal with them. A lot women are a lot better about dealing with their emotions and, and owning yeah. up, where men just push them down and don't want to deal with them at all. But I mean, the emotions are so there's such an integral part and the subconscious uses those emotions to to numb to numb us, to control us to keep us to keep us as zombified and and controlled as possible so it can run the show so it can worry about what's going on in the inside you know pumping your heart running oxygen through your body and all the cellular regeneration and stuff like that and once it just wants a left like just wants you numb and stupid and just you know sitting on the couch eating potato chips
0: yeah Uh, it's it's pretty amazing as you mentioned Our, our emotions our feelings are such a massive part of us and yeah we've been taught not to value these things in our current societies mm-hmm. you know we've been taught that uh they're of no value you know they don't particularly play any part um, and especially as i as you mentioned there as a meal as a uh someone who was in the football and stuff like that i guess you're maybe you're part of the world growing up you we were Kind of not really taught about with your emotions bringing them up you were taught to be a man and a man doesn't do those type of things and then oh, yeah. that whole masculine male culture as well which is very very toxic and unhelpful mm-hmm. um for, for for us um see so yeah, I, I can completely understand there and i guess one of the things that i always say is it's when you awaken to this here and you begin to become aware of your emotions and feelings and begin to understand where they're coming from and what part they're playing in your life. You begin to see other people in different ways. You begin to realize how many other people are walking around and acting unconsciously. They're just, as you say, sort of zombified. They're, they're just not even aware of what they're doing. They're reacting. They're simply mm-hmm. reacting to their emotions instead of being controlling them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We all are, you know, and
1: it's, it's our job to you know, oh man, I was watching the. Uh, I watched this guy. I'm been working on he trying to heal my accidents, my especially my right knee for ages, and I finally stumbled across this guy. Uh, his name's Ben Patrick in America. Uh, on YouTube, he's known as the Knees Over Toes guy. Um, if you haven't heard about him, if you've got any you like? If you have any restrictions, especially with your lower body, definitely recommend checking him out. Okay. He's an amazing uh, healer, a physical healer for uh, tr- for injuries. And anyway, so I was watching him the other day and he's got this uh, one pose or one movement that he does. And he talks about you know going all the way down when you're doing a squat, like going all the way down, taking your butt to your ankles. And the reason being is like, because, that that movement uh helps the signal to the body to create and send synovial fluid which is like the fluid that greases the knee and the joint you know keeps it young and healthy Mm -hmm. he said that you know as we get older uh a a lot of us especially western people in the west western countries we we can't get down in that position anymore asian people have no problems because they use the squatter toilets and they're they're used to getting down so and in, in the name of efficiency, you know, for, for Western people, like we sit in chairs all day and then we go home and yes. sit on the couch. like And so in the name of efficiency, the subconscious shuts down the production of that synovial fluid and basically makes our bodies weaker because it's like the subconscious is thinking, all right, if you're not going to use this, then I got other stuff to take care of you know, your, your diet's bad, you know, uh, you're stressful, you know, your stressful thinking is, you know, is ruining me. So, you know, I got all these other things, you know, that I got to fend off that you're throwing at me. So that's one that I don't have to worry about. You're not using it. We're cutting off. And the same thing happens with the emotions, right? In the name of efficiency, as soon as we're not long after we're conceived, our, our uh, subconscious starts taking in and anchoring and embodying emotions. And when, and it does that for the same reason, for, for the name of efficiency. So if we have a uh, if, if we encounter a traumatic uh, incident, and the whole tra- the whole definition of trauma needs to be redefined as well, because you know a traumatic incident can be you standing in the uh, supermarket uh, aisle with your mom and you want a Snickers bar or a candy bar, and she's telling you you can't have it. You know, Or it can be something as big as a a car accident, right? There's no, you know, you're the one who defines trauma. Um, So anyway, so we have a traumatic event or, or, you know, some people might call it just an emotional event. Well, the the subconscious latches onto that and says, all right, in this situation, this is how we handle this. I'm going to save that. So the next time that happens, I'm going to cue it so you don't even have to think about it. And I can go back to running the show. I can go back to all the internal work that needs to be done. And you don't have to bother me with that. Or we don't have to bother each other with that. Cue the emotion and it's done. And you know that is the reason that why so many people are drawn to TV or drawn to vegging out or drawn to activities that keep us, In the status quo below our potential because if we're if we're just hanging out if we're not exposing ourselves to any danger then the subconscious can pull you know can just stay in this little hole in this little cave and do all the things that it needs to do without worrying about having to you know having to react to another situation where uh, where it's not that it's not familiar with i think it was eleanor roosevelt and she said this back in the i don't know whenever she was first (laughs) Lady, I'm not that good with history. <laughs> but I remember, I remember reading a quote by her one time and it was saying that every day she does something or she tried to do something that pushed her out of her comfort zone. And that, that kind of behavior right there is the behavior that will, that will one up you over your subconscious that will take you out of those programs that, that will keep you pushing pushing the bar forward and have you day by day reaching the potential that you yeah that we all that we all inherently have uh but is being suppressed by you know the almighty subconscious
0: yeah it's it's very interesting because that kind of brings me to to your part where you mentioned about your routine You know it's keeping us stuck and you're absolutely right we get up and we just do the same thing constantly and we fall into patterns and it's just this kind of dullness pattern safety we don't change we then become afraid of change even if we know something's good for us if we hate our job if we hate what we do we resent getting up and an opportunity comes along for us to do something different and we probably know and we kind of know that it is uh beneficial for us but because it represents change because it represents a form of danger we we shy away from it and as you rightly say we we self sabotage then because of the subconscious wants to keep us in place keeps us safe and away from danger
1: exactly right exactly right so the thing is that when you you know in, you know, in your routine, in your day-to-day life, you know, I recommend, like, doing, you know, at least one thing, like I know Eleanor Roosevelt said, like, just, you know, one thing, just, like, kind of push the envelope a little bit further, you know, and it doesn't have to be big things, right? You know, we start, you know, start small, and I think that's, that's another thing, that's another uh, setup that we have for failure, because a lot of us think, you know, when, you know, when we go to make a change, like, all right, you know, you might be fifty pounds over, or us uh, say twenty kgs overweight. Uh, you might have, uh, you know, you might have a drinking problem. You might have problems, whatever it is. You have this, you have this issue, right? And you have these grand desires. Like, all right, so let's let's just pick one. Let's just say that you you're overweight, and by the by the beginning of the summer, you want to look nice in a swimsuit. Okay. Well um the thing is you know we uh, we overestimate what we can uh, achieve in a short time right but then underestimate i think bill gates said the same thing you can under you can but we underestimate what we can achieve in a decade right so we a lot of us just set ourselves up for uh, failure by saying you know oh, i'm gonna do this by that but it's just it's baby it's baby steps it's baby steps so we have to reframe what we want to do and how we're going to do it by just making very small incremental changes and just the smallest changes on a daily basis you know at the end of two months or three months or even a year those 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 small daily changes make huge huge difference and by the end of a year you can be so much further than you ever thought you would be. But if you if you set your targets too short, then you're going to fail, you're setting yourself up for failure, and then you're just going to fall back into the way you were doing
0: things. Yeah, this is exactly why so many people's um, new year resolutions completely fail, mm. because they're trying to accomplish too much in such a short space of time. And then when they find they can't accomplish it, They fall under that negative pattern of um self-criticism and uh self-sabotage again you know Mm -hmm. and then they think well i may as well because i can't do it there's no point trying to do anything but as you say if you take it slowly and easy and make small incremental changes and continue to do that over the course of say a year you will be very very surprised at how much you have actually changed so um tell us a bit uh, more about this idea of self-awareness too because this this feeds into it too doesn't it you know we drink too much and then we say i'm gonna have a new year's resolution or I'm going to stop drinking then um we fail on it because we've tried to do too much then we have these concepts in our head that uh, i'm a bad person i'm not good enough i can't do it you know i'm i'm just i'm i can't i don't have the willpower to do it and that feeds into our 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 Thing of self-awareness which you've said is is the conscious or is this it's it's the conscious recognition of thoughts words deeds emotions and energy you use to dictate the outcome of your interactions with relationships now i don't know if that was you had said that or was that the depth dictionary that was
1: was, yeah that's my definition
0: all right okay fantastic it's it's actually that precise it sounds like it belongs in a dictionary (laughs) yeah
1: no it looks it looks like a it looks like i copied from a from a uh, like a dictionary or, yeah, or whatever you. but no that's that is my definition of uh, self awareness and i came up you know that i can't even remember what the the proper definition of it was but it just isn't it didn't suit yeah. the experience that i had when i became self aware um, for a, for a majority of the things now, I still clear, you know, I still do clearing, uh, on a, not a daily basis, but at least on a weekly basis. And I still uncover things that, uh, and programs that I've installed that, you know, over the years and in, in my past that I, uh, that, that I'm getting rid of now self awareness comes when we do the clearing and it's like, it's a, it's a popped bubble. So what we do is well, I go through and we find the, the, the energy, uh, the emotions, the energy, uh, and then also like physical, physical energy that we've embodied, that we've anchored in our bodies. And when we do that, then we connect with it and we release it. Once it's released, it's usually, it can happen in hours sometimes, but it's usually a few days to a week when you start having these bubbles uh, <clears throat> bubble up, I like, guess. Yeah, point. yeah, I know what you. Bubbles what you bubble mean, up yeah. from the inside, and then once they, once they kind of get into your awareness, and you're like, you're thinking about the thing, those things, it's like pop. And when they pop, you have this recognition of what you've been doing. You know, most of my life, my dad would reminded me of the things that I was doing wrong, and I was, I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm doing what I'm doing. You know. Just Leave me alone. You know, friends would call me out for the things I've done. Lovers, you know, did the same thing. And I was like, you know, whatever. But when I had, when I, read, when I com- found those emotions and, and released them, and then I saw them firsthand. I saw the, the micro thoughts and, and, and words and deeds and, and emotions that I was giving off. And the energy that I was giving off, that was undermining my success in uh, finance, in love, in uh, business, in friendships, and in, in my own health. I was self-sabotaging my own health. I was getting sick almost on a monthly basis, and I mean like flu sick. Uh, right before I started going through and starting this healing journey i was just mega sick all the time and once once those bubbles started popping i i saw that it was it was just like it was mm-hmm. such a huge first of all it was a huge relief but it was also extremely difficult to deal with because I saw, I was like, oh my God, like it was a mirror right in front of my face showing me exactly what I was saying and doing. And, and I saw firsthand, I was like, oh, I have ruined myself. I have done all of these things that have just kept me small. I was like, I have been my own worst enemy. I have completely kept myself down i was like imagine you know imagine what i can accomplish when these things are gone and i I just started clearing more and clearing more and like life just started opening up and it was just wow just an amazing amazing experience so you know talking about the energy too like it's one thing that a lot of people today, they hear energy and they're like, you know, they think it's, you know, some woo woo stuff. But my, a good example of this is yesterday uh, I was at the beach with my wife We took uh, took we just went, we were at the beach and we were playing on paddle boards and, and kayaks and stuff and uh, we had our dog with us and certain people, when they walk by the dog just looks at them and and, uh, just kind of watches when they walk by. But other people, when they walk by, she goes straight up to them and starts barking. know, And it's those, you know, it has nothing to do with the way that they looked at her or the way they're walking. It's their energy Mm -hmm. and dogs feel that, you know? And I mean, that's a perfect example of like, you know, for another example, is like when we get in an argument, where we for their spouse or maybe maybe somebody at work. You know, you know, there's a point when where a conversation goes from just a conversation to an argument, and sometimes we throw our hands up and we're like, "How the hell did that happen?" There's things that we there's things that we are thinking. There's things that we are feeling. And there's that energy that comes from those thoughts and those feelings yeah. that ignites the other person or ignites, you know, the situation between us. And you know that energy is real. Yeah. So it's just amazing. My, you know, my wife and I have been, I was on my own journey for about, I don't know, two or three years before we met and then. I pulled her along with me and then we have both been pulling each other along, you know, the whole way. And we, you know, each day, we're just amazed at some of the, some of the things, the lessons that we're learning about, you know, about energy and about ourselves and about the, you know, the healing process itself. It's really, really amazing that, you know, our bodies, Our bodies are vessels that, you know, that latch, that are storage, storage bins for this energy, which we store in, in the, uh, in the way of energy, or I can also find it through, you know, like an emotional attachment as well. And so our bodies are like a high school hallway, just littered with lockers and inside of the lockers is where we store all these, these things. And, for instance, we were talking today about an individual who, uh, another uh, individual, he does, a friend of ours, does CST, cranial, sacral, okay. uh, I can't remember what the T stands for, um, but it's amazing. If you've ever had any traumatic, uh, like a surgery or a traumatic, uh, like a car accident or stuff like that, this stuff is amazing for releasing that trauma. Um, it's kind of like breaky but more scientific-based. Uh, they really deal with the fascia and stuff like that. Anyway, this guy was talking about... Uh, th- my wife and him were t- talking about enemas. And he was saying how when he first... Uh, when, when he was doing the the enema, um, he released a lot. There was a lot of... Uh, <laughs> gar- you know, poo that comes out, right? And he said when he you know during that release you know afterwards you know he had such an emotional week or two after that you know and i was you know i was telling my wife that you know that you know uh, that feces that uh yeah. you, know, you know what was going out that is a you know that is matter and matter is a storage bin for energy right so i mean matters energy condensed into a uh yeah. you know into a solid state yeah,
0: um, solid form, yeah. <clears throat>
1: so that was like that you know that feces that he was holding on to was you know holding on to this energy and these emotions that he you know let go and once once he let it out then you know that those those emotions and that energy was allowed to move and i mean it's just amazing to, you know the the, yeah. the energy it's just it's really amazing how how prolific it is and everything i mean from the computer screen that you and i are using to talk to each other the to the words that that are coming out of my mouth i mean every single thing is energy it's all yeah
0: it, it is it's it's pretty powerful and i know that it, it can be hard to actually describe to put in the words because when you get these revelations it, it's like on it's unlike anything and as you were saying you know to release that energy to to have those moments of clarity where you've been blindsided I guess for years and to uncover something about yourself which you had no idea it's it, it's it's like an it's like a, a, an epiphany isn't it it's just Oh my god i have been acting in this manner or i have been doing this all and i had no idea it was like something attached to my back which i didn't even know was there until someone brought it to my awareness exactly. but it's very very hard to put that into words unless you've been through that revelation right. it, it is it's it's just it's it's incredible and as you say everything is energy you know and to to have that recognition and to, to, to understand the energy that we give off and the energy that, you know, uh, we, talk, we, we talk about these things all the time and nobody really pays much attention. We talk about bad vibes and good vibes. And yet they're just words to people, you know, getting bad vibes from that person, know that that's a good vibe that, that I'm getting there. Or you, you can feel it off people when they're angry, you know, that the energy that's expressed off them. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's you can, you can just actually feel it. it's palpable in the room you know you just want to take a step back because the energy that they're giving off because of that or trauma or, or anything like that there it, it, it is incredible different vibrations as well and high emotions make us feel can can really drag us down to the ground but mm-hmm. yet when we're feeling that joy we we feel elated we could almost dance in the air so it is absolutely absolutely incredible um one thing I did want to get to is where you got, then, from your journey when you when you landed there in uh, Taiwan. And I know that uh, you got a job teaching English, but you were back on the drinks, back on the mm-hmm. drug. You ended up in the gutter. So how did you get from that point, then, to this discovery of this Amunai or Amonii? Amonii, oh,
1: yeah, that's right. Oh, well, well, I bounced around after I came to Taiwan when I first got here. Actually, we landed at night, and we got here. I came in here with with my friend, and we got here. I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. Like we came, we came from Prague, right? And then we landed, and we landed, and we caught a uh, caught a bus into like a city in the central, center part of the country, and it was not Prague, right? So I was like, dude, I'm leaving. Yeah, but anyway, so he's like, dude, you like just can't, you know, just stay with me and, you know, let me, you know help me out. I was like, Ryan, don't worry, man, but I'm leaving. He's like, no, stay, stay out. So I ended up staying. funny story is he left like a, uh, not long after that, like a year later, and I ended up staying like three or four years, so. But after that, I, I traveled some more. I went to Mexico, I went to Spain, I went to Vietnam, and then back to Taiwan, then back to Vietnam. Um, where else did I go? Um, anyway. And the, right before like my big, one of my biggest down spells was I was in Ho Chi Minh, I was in Vietnam, uh, I had another downturn of events, I lost a wonderful uh, woman, um, I had a, the uh, business just fell apart, uh, i drug drinking myself, stupid, uh, I like us, like you just said, I did, I woke up in the gutter in, in Ho Chi Minh. One like early one morning, like four or five in the morning. I was like, God, man, what am I doing? I called my brother, I was like, man, I need some help. So I got back to America, and when I got there, I sobered up for a little bit. Uh, actually, sober up, I, I, I went from drinking as much as I was to I cleaned up a little bit. And so I got there and I was like, whoa, man, how, do I, how did I end up back here? Like, I definitely don't want to be in America. So, I, like, how do, how do I get myself sorted out and move forward? So uh, I was like, all right, I love traveling. You know, I'm good with, you know, websites and uh, writing content. So I'll just uh, – I'll start a website or a blog where I write where and I bicycle. So I got on a bicycle and I rode across America and I kept a blog. And I was like uh, – you know, I'm gonna be a travel writer, and this is what I'll do. But I got to the end, I got I went coast to coast, and I got to the west coast, and like nothing had really materialized. Like six months later, and my family was like, you know, just t- all right, you know, come back, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get you up and running, you know, we'll sort you out. When I got back, uh, my aunt ended up uh, getting breast cancer, and at that time, I was drinking profusely that you know the bicycle trip failed i came back to america that had all like i just felt like everything was just falling apart and i saw her, she got breast cancer and i was like and then i had some own, my own physical problems that were getting worse and worse and I that was just like a spotlight for me it's like you know you gotta you gotta cut first of all you're uh like 37 years old you're with your you're living with your aunt and uncle like what is like what's, what's wrong with you
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so that was, that was a huge moment for me. And I just kind of turned on a dime and I started picking up everything. I could start reading everything I could get my hands on. And I got a bartending job, saved some money and then moved back to Asia. I moved moved back to, I was moved to Vietnam and I was writing, I was writing some books, uh, like some fiction and trying to, get myself sorted that way, but I kept getting sick in Vietnam and I left Vietnam and ended up back, ended up in Taiwan. And then from there I met this woman who's my wife now, and we've been on this like journey. We've been pulling each other. Sometimes I pull her, sometimes she pulls me. Sometimes I carry her on my shoulders. Sometimes she carries me on her shoulders. (laughs) Uh, But we've, we've done it and we fought through and got through so much just Oh, we've stripped ourselves of so much of that emotional baggage that we were carrying so much anger, so much hate, so much jealousy, so much guilt and shame and just really heavy emotions. And we discovered this work and like it's, it transformed everything. It's really put spotlights on all the areas that I needed to focus on. And literally within months of, you know, it's funny going back to that whole, uh, enema story Mm -hmm. after, after I started doing this clearing, I'm about, uh, I'm about 80 kgs and I'm pretty fit. Um, I went from about 80 kgs to, I think I got down after, after all this clearing work, I got down to about 68. Wow. Yeah and it was all just my body just just cleansing itself like getting rid of that mass that was holding on to these emotions you know that was that was that attachment you know to those emotions on a the physical plane and uh, you know i'm not somebody who should lose that much weight you know i'm not i'm probably uh i'm about 178 uh centimeters and yeah you know eight, at 80 kgs i'm you know i'm I have a nice, I have a nice shape, but at 68, I look like a skeleton. And so, yeah, that's it. All went out, and it was quick too. It happened within weeks. Um, I saw photos of myself. I was like, Oh my god, I can't believe I look like that. That was pretty bad. Um, But I needed that. I needed Mm -hmm. that cleansing. And from there, I started, just started rebuilding. I started rebuilding. Emotionally, I started rebuilding. Financially, I started rebuilding with my wife and our relationship. Uh, physically, it just—I mean—completely, completely transformed. You know who I, who I thought I was, who I identified with, what I thought I was capable with, all of the restrictions that I had put on myself, uh, that I had held on to. Which were you know the programs the subconscious programs with those gone my life is completely different i was a completely like physically i was a completely different person and i was allowing and with that all of that junk gone i was allowed to be the person that i finally had seen myself becoming but just didn't know how it would ever materialize
0: and that's yeah Wow, wow, and I'm simply because of this. What exactly is it? What would you describe? Or I know it actually means something. It's two different words. One Spanish and one is Asian or Chinese, isn't it? Yeah,
1: Chinese. Yeah, yeah.
0: Chinese. Yeah. So what exactly a, does "amo ni" mean?
1: Yeah, uh, "amo," "amo ni." I came up with the name because, uh, it's a blend of, uh, blend of philosophies. Uh, Amo in Spanish means I love and Ni in Chinese means you. So basically Amo and means I love you. And okay. the goal of the program is to have the individual going through the program, be able to look in the mirror and tell themselves and mean it and say, I love you. And once you get to that point, like your, your life your life changes. And yeah, so that's 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 the meaning of the name. The there are four there are four foundations to Amoni, uh, one being muscle testing, which is I first learned about muscle testing maybe I don't know, 10, 20 years ago. And when I first learned it was the partner muscle testing. One, you, get, you know, get your arm extended and the other person asks you a question and pushes down on your arm. Yeah, if, uh, if your arm stays uh, extended, then you know, that, that's a strong yes. Uh, if, you're, if the muscle uh, breaks, or not breaks, but if the muscle gives and the arm drops, then that's a no. And I thought that was interesting, but I've always been somebody that likes, I like doing things on my own. And so when I discovered uh, self muscle testing, that was, to me, that was amazing. Because that that put me in touch with direct contact with my subconscious and allowed me to talk to my own body and get the answers. Um, doctors have saved my life multiple times. Like, probably, like, multiple, multiple times. Just uh, two car accidents. Uh, I had one instance where I got, I can't even remember the, uh, bacteria that I got and I was in the hospital for like 10 days. Anyway, modern medicine has saved my life. And I think there's a time and a place for modern medicine, but too many of us rely on it. Yeah. At every beck and call. It's like, Oh, I got a headache. All right. I got to pop some stuff. You know, Or I got a runny nose. I got to go, you know, talk to the doctor and get some pills for it. It's like we use pills for everything. And, let, and we're weakening, we're weakening our, our own res- you know our own inner being by putting those things in our body. Like we are so capable of healing. You know, yeah. we are so capable of being you know the strong and capable person that 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 we that we want to be inside. But through a very good, uh, very good last couple of decades or uh, last couple of generations of marketing. We've been led to believe that, that we must submit ourselves to a pill or a potion or a shot to take care of something that our body is designed to do on its own. And yeah, I just, you know, we have that power. And once once I found the muscle testing, and once I once I started talking to my body, and my body started to answer. Because it takes a while. It took me about three to four weeks before when I was muscle testing for me to actually trust in the answers that I was receiving. And then that's the first part of the muscle testing. You have to trust your body. And then your subconscious has to trust that you, know, you are ready for the power that it's about to hand over to you. So that's one, uh, one step. The, another, uh, the, another part of Amani is the meridian chart, which we use to peg the emotions on the body. Then there are corresponding release points that uh, go with those meridians and the emotions that, that we find. Then there's the Amo breath, which is a pranayamic breath that uses uh, the visualization of the breath moving through the body, through the crown of the head, down the throat. With the ah, with that mmm, we swirl it around so that that vibration and it stimulates the vagus nerve and has a is a, is its own reset for the body. And with the o, oh, we imagine that that energy that we've connected with and it's swirling around in our uh, chest and pulling out the energy or the emotion that we connected with. The oh, o shoots out of the chest and and takes the energy with it, uh, that that emotion and that all of that triggers and and shakes and and cuts the cords of those emotions and sets them free and from there we use some creative visualization or some neuro-linguistic programming to move the person off of their of those programs move them further away from those programs and, and down further the path of their conscious intentions. Yeah.
0: That's, um it sounds pretty much it sounds pretty amazing and you've combined these um very powerful techniques on their own into one practice you know um kinesiology I guess is is not something that I was too much aware of but I, I begin to hear it more and more and I guess it's at the cutting edge of of of, of healing and stuff like that and um, the breath work is so so important and obviously the oh, yeah. Yeah, it is so it's utterly it's used for everything, you know, every yeah. practice that I do. Yeah. And there's some form of breath work in it. Um and it's crazy because it's 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 the most simplest of techniques. You know, I guess to to tag on to your point there about the medical um the medical association you know, they're pushing all of these drugs on this which don't actually help us you know it's not in their interest to heal us because if they did they're not going to make any more money out of us so their drugs really don't help us that much and they don't under don't help the, the address the underlying problems but things like this here simply by changing your breath you know something that we do every day, and we don't even think about it. The power of doing something like that is just astounding. But um, yeah, so it, 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 it's a pretty, uh, pretty amazing technique. And you know, for you to kind of use all the, the, these different things because I've heard of them all separately, but to, to have them all combined into one practice, it, it must be pretty powerful and pretty amazing. How long would um, someone who, who's maybe potentially you know, doing something with you, how long would it take for them to, you know, to, to, to see the benefits? I guess the benefits
1: can come after the first session, uh, and they for me when I started clearing the yeah the benefits were immediate. Like I after my first uh, when I first started connecting with the stuff, it was uh, yeah the first. And yeah, it just it was powerful. I cried for months and months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for about three months, I was just like at the at the most just randomly too. I just randomly started crying. Oh my god, what am I doing? What's wrong with me? (laughs) And I was just like, I would just let it go. And I got to the point I was like, all right, you know, I'm just I'm healing, let it, you know, let it go. Like, uh, be out in public i'm just like oh sorry i'm just gonna go to the bathroom here for a second
0: <laughs>
1: Brilliant. it was hard man but yeah. uh yeah it's uh uh so yeah the, after the first session some some people have powerful really powerful uh first sessions um we run up the chakra so uh, do like the most powerful uh, emotional attachments in each of the seven chakras and then um, the eighth session, we do like a, a body clear. Look, look at other things. Uh, uh, any recurring themes that popped up, um, and then the the final session, I do the ninth session. I do like a special, like an ego clear as well. Um, but yeah, it depends. Like some people, some people are big uh, store big. You know, a lot of their stuff in the first chakra. Some people in the third chakra. Some in you know, any any of the chakras. Uh, also, the heart. The hearts a big a big chakra as well so once we hit that one yeah it can be like oh, just a huge huge opening so edge really really depends on the individual
0: okay um and you know i think it's so amazing that we're finding out so much about our own bodies it really is incredible through techniques like this here through people like wim Hof from what he's able to achieve you know um I, I interviewed a lady where she'd done this kind of uh, meridian points, um, the the tapping technique, but she had developed it further. She was able to put her awareness into her body and release things, and she uh, was able to realign her jaw or something crazy like that, you know, and realign her eye sockets, you know, through releasing of trauma by going inside and doing something in there. So it's just these things that are just coming up at the minute that we, we begin to understand how powerful our bodies really are you know and, and how much uh, potential that we have with them it's it, it's crazy it really is, it really um, is. I want to talk about healing just um, because healing is it's the foundation for everything that we do and mm-hmm. um, I obviously do a form of healing and, uh, you know, it's just something that I'm looking to develop further and further. And it it, it, it underpins everything, you know, all kind of practices, and um, no matter what it is you do. And I think it's the most important thing that you can do in your life. Once you're connecting with someone, once someone comes to you in, in, a, in a broken state, um, and to, 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 to give them healing or to help them heal themselves, to see that person completely and already transformed, there's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just so powerful. I think it's just it so that. powerful, isn't it? It's it just a that. powerful thing and it's such a responsibility for you to turn around, you know, to, to be a healer, you know, to be able to offer that service. I think it's it's almost like you're a superhero, you know, with great responsibility or great power comes with great responsibility. You begin to recognize hi what a a powerful thing that you're offering um and for me as i said that's where the satisfaction comes you know and i guess that's where you want to give back to the world
1: i i can't agree i can't agree enough it's just it really is an amazing feeling because you know i think the you know to heal to heal to heal others you first have to heal yourself right yeah and so to go through that journey, you know, I wouldn't be here now if I hadn't have been through all the pain that I went through. Right. Yeah. Cause, I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't have tried. I mean, if it, everything was fine and dandy and, you know, I, I never had any issues. I'd probably, you know, have a white a two kids, a picket fence, white house with, you know, the two dogs and, you know, mortgage and all that other stuff. And, but, uh, which is, yeah, you know, I'm painting the perfect life, I don't know anybody that has the perfect life. I <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying I'd be different. I'd definitely be different. Yes. But, and I wouldn't have been down this I wouldn't have been down this road. But I think that now having you know, having broken myself and having healed myself, it's like, all right, you know, I gotta, you know, I have a responsibility now. I have a responsibility to share this with other people and you know. This is something that you know. not only can I guide people through, but this is something that I can teach other people to do on themselves. And like, and in turn, use this with their family and their friends. Like I, I'm not doing any certification courses or anything like this. I mean, this is, this is knowledge that I'm passing on that, that mm-hmm. I've used to heal myself that like, you know, go spread the word, like, you know, yeah. good. You know go heal others with you know the same the same things that I've taught you to do so um, yeah it's a beautiful you know it's a beautiful gift that uh, keeps keeps giving to to everybody it touches so I mean we're in a you know we're in a very you know we're in a nice position to be able to take our experiences and 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 help others hopefully not go through the pain that that you and I had to go through
0: yeah yeah so you're absolutely. right i mean there's
1: there is a great responsibility so i mean i could you know i could take this you know what i've done and say you know i'm done like i'm just gonna keep you know i'm gonna do my own thing now but i just don't feel that that's you know so many it's like we talked about at the beginning you know so many of, of us are asleep and so many of us are you know, glued to our phones and glued to the TV and glued to, you know, everything else is keeping us awake. And I feel like, you know, with the way that I feel now, the way that, you know, my life has opened up, like, you know, I, it's it's our, it's our responsibility to to help others see, you know, and experience the life that we're, that we were experiencing. Because, you know, the pain that I went through, the pain that I suffered through drinking and, you know, other people suffer the same thing, but it might be through food, or it might be yeah. through uh, through abusive relationships, yeah. or it might be through you name
0: it—gambling, Sex. Like gambling, sex, uh,
1: exactly, yeah, or yeah. uh, self punishment through like actually physically hurting themselves. So, I mean, which I've which I've, I've pretty much done all of that stuff, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're all they're all the same they're pretty much all the same, right? So you can't, you know, you know, a drunk person can't look at a fat person and say, oh, well, you're you know, you're fat, you know, you know, blah blah blah. It's like, well, you know, they're just different, yes. Just different vehicles, right? You know, so you're doing the same thing as, you know, the drunk person doing the same thing as the fat person is doing, and the fat person doing yeah. the same
0: thing as the you know, it yeah, goes on down the line. Right? Man- you did mention that you mentioned um You mentioned the difference between a habit, I think, and an addiction Mm -hmm. and that. I think you mentioned that in one of your blog posts, and you're talking about that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, it is because people don't necessarily look at things like that as an addiction, like binge eating or um sex or self-sabotage they just look at addictions as as obviously drugs or alcohol but you're right it's every it's the same thing you know whatever's keeping you stuck is an addiction if you're not addressing if you're not dealing with it Mm -hmm. and I think this is why it's so so important the entire world needs healing you know it needs healing of some course and if if we had got these politicians and these warmongers and, and got, sat them down and you know made them realize about themselves i don't think then they'd be so hasty to to, to to push us to war and to, to capture territories because i think that most of these people as, as as you've mentioned as 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 we've been through you know have some sort of trauma within themselves and have not addressed it mm-hmm. um that's my opinion anyway i agree yeah so tell us then about your uh, uh, give, give us your two books first of all. Tell us about your two books. Your... Um,
1: the uh, there's ama uh, abundance and Ammo form. Ammo form is for addiction, and Ammo abundance is for yeah for abundance. Basically, our the trifecta of. Uh, Emotional issues—the biggest that we uh, that we experience growing up—is love, money, and family. All right. So, um, yeah. So, money—the uh, abundance book—helps release the the uh, the emotions that we've attached to money. Um, you know there's some, there's, you know, some of of our program to look at money as a, you know, as a bad thing or people that have money is, you know, bad people, you know, money is neither here. It's money is neutral. It's what it is. It's just a medium of exchange that we use to purchase the goods and services that we want. And money is, it is what it is. So, but too many of us, you know, you know, they we see somebody you know driving a Mercedes or a BMW or whatever, a nice car, and they cut somebody off in traffic, and you're like, you know, first thing you say is, "Oh, that rich a hole," you know. And you know, you think about it like, whoa, you know, poor people drive like that too. Why did I just, yeah. like, why did I have to like put that tag on, you know, that person, you know, because you're you, because you're envious of that person because you, yeah. You know, whatever you know there's, there's tons of there's dozens of different emotions that you could have attached to that for you to be able to respond that way but that's like that's one and and again like dozens of different scenarios that that we that we do daily uh r- r- surrounding money right and the other other one the other one uh, i'm a form is for addiction and you can use it for uh this the program for uh, for food addiction for uh, alcohol addiction for drug addiction uh, once those once those emotional weights are gone because I went from at my heyday I was drinking uh, at at Costco they sell no 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 sorry I think they sell it at Costco too I was buying it there's a store in America called uh, wine plus and I think Costco has them too they sell 18 packs of beer all right I was drinking an 18 pack of beer plus some. And then at night I was drinking, uh, Jack Daniels to go to sleep to put me out. So, I mean, now it took physically, uh, my body was addicted to alcohol. Right. But once I got rid of the emotions, because you know, I stopped drinking when my, when my, and through went through her cancer stuff. And then I was like, all right, that's, that's it. I'm cutting it out. And that's when I started my healing journey. But I always, I always knew based where I always, I thought based on past experiences, like I, I can't do it anymore. That's something that I cannot go back to. It's just, it has beaten me. And part of me, part of me felt mega defeated because I never wanted to admit like, you know, this golden lager, this beer, this uh, this whiskey, this this drink had that much power over me and that was I just that's made me so angry. I was like, there's no way, there's no way But then at, at that point, after having failed dozens and dozens of times and then finally getting my life sorted, I was like, all right, that's just something I can't do anymore. But when I started doing this clearing work, I said, I realized that the self-sabotaging I was doing was based on the emotions and I was using the alcohol as one of the ways to beat myself down. And it took me it took me a few times to where I could have a drink and not you know not go off not go off the deep end but I, there was a couple of times after I did the clearing and I had I probably a few too many drinks i didn't get like sloshed like not like i did you know like i used to but i pushed the envelope and so then but then i consciously backed away i was like all right i can do this i'll back away and now if uh you know if i'm working in the side yard or working in our garden and i want a beer after my my day in the garden i will go down to the Store, I'll grab a like a 22 ounce uh, just regular beer, super, super cold beer on a hot summer day, and I'll have that beer. That's all I'll have. I'll just have that one drink. And on some days, I'll have that same thought, and I'll say, I don't want a beer. And then I'll say to myself, you know what? I don't think I'll have one. I've never, ever in my life had that kind of control with, yeah. with alcohol or mm-hmm. drugs or any, any substance like that. And now i own it now i can say alcohol did not beat me it knocked me around quite a bit it beat me up quite a bit but i won that battle i won that war
0: that that's that it's incredible because it's such a a potent substance and i think the the the, the saying goes that if it was um you know came out today as a, as a thing, it would be recognized as a class A drug mm-hmm. because it's so powerful and it's so addictive. And I think that the problem with it is is that um, no matter what the excuse, you always, um, you always say, well, I'll have a drink. I'm happy, I'll have a drink. I've had a hard day, I'll have a drink. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I'm really sad or I've had a fight, I'll have a drink. No matter what emotion it is, we tell ourselves we will have a drink. You know, we make excuses for ourselves. I think it's hard as well for a lot of people because modern lifestyles are so busy and people are glued. Getting back to what we were saying about uh, your routine, and people are fed up with that routine. They work five days a week, if not more. They work 40, 50, 60 hours. You know, with have to come home with the out and numerous things, and people are tired. People are just t- too tired, and they're looking for something to take the edge off and alcohol is readily available and i don't think it it, it starts off for many people as um, a form of alcoholism but it just creeps up on you it just creeps up and creeps up and the next thing you know you're you're you're, you're addicted and even if you're not an, an addict like like you were and you know like i drunk quite a lot um i think that even if you're not that type of alcohol, you know we have this concept of the modern alcoholic—people who are functioning alcoholics who will have a bottle of wine or two, or maybe not two, a night, and go to their work the next day. Anything that's called the modern type of alcoholic, where people don't even recognize that right. alcohol. So, for you to, to to come from where you were, you know, to, to drink that much, to have so many setbacks, and deny be able to take a can of lager and look at it objectively and say, I will have this one and this one only is, mm-hmm. is so powerful. And it must be, um, hopefully for anyone watching this or for anyone listening, dude, you know, who has that problem to, to be such an inspiration, to be inspired by that, to, to, to see that it can be done is is, I don't know, I just can't find the words. It really is amazing.
1: It's actually one of the, one of the, there's so many things that I'm proud of, but I'm really, that's really, for me, is something that, I mean, I'm super proud of. But I do want to say this, like, if you're in a position now where alcohol is a problem with you, um, don't, don't look for, don't put that as your end point. Like, you know, like, oh, one day I'll be able to have a drink again. Just, you know, you need, you there's a lot of other things you need to focus on. You need to focus on getting yourself right first, right? And get rid of the emotions, get rid of all the baggage that you're carrying, that's keeping you drinking, right? And truly a healthy lifestyle does not involve alcohol or drugs or anything. We do not, need, you do not need to drink to relax. You do not need a uh, drink to feel happy. You don't need to drink because you've had a hard day. You do not need to drink period. So. You know you need to get to the point where you can just move past that and just not think about it and then you know maybe you know but don't even think about it you know maybe one day you'll, you will know you'll reach yeah. that
0: yeah. so. but it's obviously three practices like you offer you know because i'm sure people are going well i want to be able to, to do that and i'm just and um, i know we talked a, a little bit about it but i want to get just a bit more into some of the healing courses that that you do offer um, for and, and provide solutions for things like this, um, you have Amo Life, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah, Amo Life
1: and Amo Evolution. Evolution. Amo Evolution is yeah, that's the uh, that's the advanced one. Um, so the Amo Life is uh, like I told you earlier. That one's a chakra-based uh, uh, system. Uh, we attach the three heaviest emotions emotional anchors uh energetic anchors and then what i call biochemical energetic uh anchors At each each of the seven chakras and they're that's heavy it's really heavy stuff and yeah so it's nine weeks Uh, i've also got i'm running uh i'm running for this course right now what yeah. i've done based on some advice from a from a business advisor to you know the the books the ama bonus and the the uh AMA form to include those as part of the part of the ama life course um, so basically all the work that i've done did you know that's part of you know Yes. that's something that you can take and you know use to also clear your own addictions um and also clear uh your uh issues with money because the alma life course will completely um, nuclear bomb what you've got going on like your air life it'll just completely blow up and and uh, sever the chains uh of the so many emotions that are holding you back that are keeping you self sabotaging and will awaken you and awaken you. Um, but you know, it's like, you know, it's like going to the gym and hiring a strength coach, right? When you, you know, you can go through six weeks, uh, with the strength coach and then be fit and be in shape. But if you stop going after you finish with your coach, you're just going to get, uh, unhealthy again. So the, 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 i knee, I use it probably on a weekly basis. I don't use it every day anymore. Uh, but I do have instances that come up and I was like, Oh, okay. I should probably clear that. And mm-hmm. I'll spend a couple hours, uh, during the, uh, on a weekend and I'll go through and hit the emotions and the energy and that biochemical energetic, uh, response as well. And then I move forward and it's like you know it's like you with your breathing um you know there, there are certain practices that i do uh weekly uh, i do breathing i do uh despite what it says on my website about uh meditation taking too long i still meditate for a couple of minutes a day um after after my breathing which is super important to me um and uh i mean these are all just just small things that I do on a daily basis that's keeping me uh, not only uh, feeling great but it's keeping me to progressing me to the yeah. point that I want to be in life because I've uh, I've got a
0: I don't feel like I'm in a
1: rush but I've, I've got some I've got some catching up to do and I got some I got some more some more life to to live on a on, a, on the on a new abundant scale that I'm I'm vibrating at so yeah. So the books are part of the course. Uh, let's see, both the books are also, uh, there's a course, there's a video course where I teach the individuals, uh, after they go through the sessions with me, it teaches them exactly how to do what I do so they can use this on a daily basis so they can use this with their, uh, with their family. Uh, so they can use this with their friends and, uh also involved, included with the course is uh some chakra chakra clears every week because once we go when we go through this work uh, after a session like they are big they are emotional so if someone needs to make some work then this that's also included uh to help them to help them move that energy uh, and those emotions further uh, the ama breath does a huge job of of neutralizing those emotions uh, you still feel them uh but with a lot less uh, severity than mm. than then mm-hmm. yeah so i mean like you said earlier i mean the breath is you know we take it something we take advantage right it's something that we do every day but how many of us consciously breathe right mm-hmm. so when you start consciously breathing i mean look at the look what like you said look at what Wim Hoff has done I mean that guy's amazing right the Iceman and some of the feats of uh feats of strength and endurance and stamina that he's done just from
0: breath work yeah it's amazing man it's amazing <laughs> yeah it truly is and I think yeah uh, I think the Shaolin monks and people like that there you know use things like that there there's sh- reports of tibetan uh monks as well you know they're able to regulate the bodily temperature or change the body temperature in their fingertips and their toes and slow down their heart rate it just, it, it's, it's just it's it's amazing what techniques like the breath can do and just what we're finding out about the body it, it's it's it really is amazing you know pretty soon we'll be able to run through brick walls and not it. i
1: know right <laughs> i'm gonna let the next generation try that like i'm I don't think I'm gonna try running through a big wall. I, I love the next generation. Try yeah, I try that trick.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, that that'll be the next generation. That's what they'll be doing, following on yeah. from what you're doing, yeah, you're yeah. doing.
1: I'll, I'll stay around, I'll chair You guys go. good, good
0: I think you've run through enough brick walls or head enough brick walls.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm
0: done. <laughs> Brilliant. So what do you what do you see about the future? What do you think uh the future's gonna be of, of, of this, of this ammonia, amoni? You know do you want to expand it you know you want to take it mainstream you want to make it a global brand
1: um at this point i'm still you know i'm still taking baby steps with it and you know we're taking one person at a time uh it would be nice to see this practice in the hands of as many people as possible and uh, but like I said, I mean, I'm just taking it, taking it a day at a time right now. Um, as far as what I see on like a global scale of, uh, just where we are, you know, before I started, you know, clearing, you know, there's so many of us, you know, I was right there with most people, you know, worried about, uh, where we are angry about where we are continuously, you know looking at the news and you know just just hating on society and hating on this group of people or this group that group of people for for holding us down and doing you know whatever society does but now that I've cleared and you know I am where I am I see I see so much more hope and I see people like like you and uh, the woman you talked about who you know you know the meridian work and all the other people that are out there you know spreading their own uh healing stories and journeys i see that happening and and like you know things are things are changing like this is there's a new vibe out there and it's 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 a little spark right now but i see uh i see the embers you know catching fire to other to other parts of the you know yeah proverbial fireplace and like you know the the there's smoke you know so it's starting to it's starting to it's starting to blaze it's starting to catch on and uh i've really i'm very hopeful for for where we're headed and in general
0: yeah i really am yeah it it is that's what i've enjoyed about doing these interviews um because i've met so many amazing people and so many people who are trying to do good work in the world and i think that you know we even within this community you know we can all live in our own kind of separate bubbles and do our separate things but it's through Things like this here, we can start making connections, you know, and we can join bubbles into in larger bubbles. See any analogy? That I have. <laughs> but you know, we can create this. We have the potential to create a community, you know, a community yeah. where we can, you know, look at each other and what we're doing, and you know, well, that's great. You know, I can incorporate some of that into my own practices, or you know, I can spread that word and you know we begin to, to as I said form a sense of community and a, a real sense of empowerment and begin to make positive changes in this world just through through communications like this here
1: I agree yeah.
0: it's cool isn't it yeah it is brilliant it's amazing and um, so where can people find you then Bo if they they want to avail of your services or they want to check you out because I know that you do some good work on YouTube I love your blog you teach some of this stuff as well and yeah. it's really inspirational and really, um, amazing to listen to and watch.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, the, uh, I've got a lot of stuff on YouTube and I actually kind of stopped doing YouTube for a few months and I'm starting to put, uh, it was really, it was really a little bit overwhelming to try to do like a 10 or 15 minute video every week. But then, then recently i discovered the youtube shorts you know which are 60 yes. seconds and i was like wow man these are brilliant I love them it. Today. <laughs> yeah so I'm, that's when I'm, I'm i'm starting to get back into that uh now um hopefully maybe do one or two short ones uh, a week now uh, so that takes the pressure off of doing that but yeah the best place is the website i got all the other social media stuff but like my website is the hub of like where yeah. you know where i want people to be so it's i'm a amo ni clear c l e r dot com, and uh, yeah, that's that's the best place to find me and come see what come see what I'm doing and if, if what I'm doing, you know, if what uh, what I say resonates with you, then yeah, reach out, contact me, and let's see where you know see where where things go. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd love to hear from from every anyone and would you know see how yeah so, then,
0: as, as we talked about it it's just the um it, it it's it's the providing this opportunity for healing with people that that makes the difference it's it's not so much the the popularity or fame it's just to get well it's not about the popularity or fame it's just the getting the message out to let people know that your life can't change there are techniques there are things that you can do to change your life and i'm kind of living proof of that. so yeah i really do hope that uh, an interview like this here will, will bring people your way so so right, important the right, work that you're right, doing right. um well Beau, you've, you've been an absolute inspiration i've really enjoyed talking to you i've really enjoyed your honesty um it's just been really amazing connecting me I've, I've enjoyed listening to you so much that i've actually subscribed to your youtube channel myself so keep tabs on what you're doing. Yeah, it's just it's so refreshing, someone coming along who obviously understands the importance of healing and has, has been through a tough and hard journey and is open and honest about it, you know? And it, the great thing about it is, is that, you know, you recognize that, look, it's just something that happened. You know, it, it's an experience that I went through. There's no good or bad associated with it. You know, it, it's something that has led me to this point in my life and I'm comfortable enough talking about it. You know, so more part of you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. I really, and I've, I, as, as, as you said just now, I mean, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. It's really, I really appreciate it, Senator. Thank you for sharing your platform with me and with, uh, with Amoni for, for us to, or for me Absolutely. to spread the yeah. message of Amoni. So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I said, I, I will be sharing it across my media um, once the, once the interview does actually make kind of public um, yeah, the blog and all, all the rest of it, you know, just to try and get the word out. But yeah, hopefully maybe at some point in the future we can do this again and see what you're up to then. But yes, yeah. Yeah, I'd
1: love to catch up again in the future.
0: Yeah, brilliant. As I said, I've really connected with you. really enjoyed talking to you. Uh, once I started watching your videos, I went, right, okay, I like, I like this. I like the cut of this guy's jib, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, I understand. I
0: we're going to leave it there. Well, thanks so much, Bo.
1: Yeah, thank you, Zena.